uh, yesterday, I woke up very early and uh, one of, I had a dream and my brother was in that dream as the Lord showed me, Pastor William. And all of a sudden, I found out in the morning that usually after such a dream, I, I, I take time to pray for people in there. But while I was praying for him, somebody else came to my heart. That was Dr. Panam. It was such a difficult burden, and I just felt that compulsion. So I decided to text him. I said, I don't know what the Spirit is saying, but the Lord has laid you on my heart, and it's so, so critical. And I wasn't going to share this, but the Spirit of God says we should, and we as a congregation must pray for our brother. And, and so as I, was, um, as I texted him, down the line, um, he got back to me, and those of you that, that know our brother, um, the Lord has, has his hand on him, and, and he's, he's a, such an encouragement to the body of Christ. And so about, what, one, 12 uh, 12, 12.30, I was reading through um, a post by a ministry back in Nigeria, and I'm on that um, listing. And I saw that uh, the text from his wife to that body saying that he was not doing too well. And I knew immediately that's what the Lord was trying to intimate on my heart. And an hour or so later, he texted me back and said, Jesus loves me for putting me on your heart and, of course, on the hearts of so many other believers. And um, he said, you woke up in the morning and had so much excruciating pain, and it turned out to be appendicitis ready to bust. And the Lord um, got him, uh, uh, you know, to a hospital, and by the grace of God, doctors waiting, and they just took him in and had surgery. And... On this side of the earth, we didn't know, but the Lord began to lay it on our hearts that something was going on, and that's why we started praying together. That was a blessing to me. Now, I share this story so that we can not only pray for him, but I, we can pray for men and women of God around the world. Uh, there is a push that in this season, and we're going to pray for him in a moment, but in this season... Uh, there is a lot of push, and particularly uh, the axe led at the tree to destroy the people, the men and the women of God, to make sure that the work of God does not stand. I don't know of anyone that um, is a servant of God that is not saying one thing or the other, going through something. And I think, I think that we, the church needs to rise up in prayer. And so we are also, like we prayed for Pastor Naomi, we're going to pray for Dr. Panam. And so if you don't mind, let's stand up one more time. Uh, if you don't know him, just pray for Dr. Panam Pasi Paul. We are going to pray. Pray for um, our pastor here, Pastor William, that God will also reach out to those ones wherever they are, men and women of God, wherever they are. If there is anything that the enemy is trying to project against them, the Spirit of God will arise and cut that short. Pray for healing. Pray for restoration. Let us lift up our voices in prayer. We bless you, Lord. We just want to say thank you. We worship and adore you. We bless your holy name. Thank you, Father, that for the moment we stand in prayer concerning Dr. Panam, that you will bless him, O oh God. Bless him with your riches. Bless him and heal him. Thank you for your deliverance. May your arm, O oh God, may your arm, may your arm protect him. 
in the name of Jesus. And we use him as a point of contact to all the brethren. That Lord, there will be healing. That there will be deliverance. That you will deliver your servants, men and women. Deliver us from destruction. For the enemy has a reason to destroy. But deliver us from destruction. Deliver your people from destruction. Your church has never gone down at the, in the hands of the enemy. And your word says uh, that whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. You also said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Therefore we uphold the church today. That Lord you will strengthen the church. You will commission the church. You will strengthen the church. We thank you and we praise you. Thank you for your people. Blessed be the name of Jesus. In Jesus mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for hearing our prayers oh God. Thank you for lifting up even this mask. At some point in time. We know the mask will go. Thank you my father. But mask or no mask. We will bless the name of the Lord. Mask or no mask. We will worship you. Even though we may be quiet. But we will still bless you. Father I pray that the grace of God. Will be mighty upon us. That even though we may mumble. But our hearts will well up with joy for you. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you for releasing your arm upon your people. And those listening through the media. And those listening to me in this room. I pray that Father through this week there will be an excellent glory. An excellent glory upon your people. Thank you my Father. In Jesus name we pray. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Now, the season we are in is a season that tests. Last week, Pastor Hassan said that. There is a lot of testing. But let me say to you, wherever there is testing, there is also proving. Amen? There is a testimony where there is a test. Praise the Lord. Now, we can choose... In this season, to go down in fear of the time or to walk in courage that is, that is not seen. It is the church that will have to chart the cause all the time. That when there is darkness in the horizon, it is the church that will have to brighten the way to move forward. When no one has life or courage enough to move forward, it is the church must, that must lead the way in the courage of the Lord because the Lord is our encouragement. David and his men came back home to Ziklag and found out that their families were stolen, destroyed, their goods were rampaged and taken away by the Amalekites. And David had his people ready to stone him because their hearts were in anguish. But yet the spirit of the Lord uh, you know, moved David and the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. Let me say to you, the courage that we have as a body must come from the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit never runs out of courage. The disciples in Acts chapter 4 had a problem. They were persecuted. And in that persecution, they went to the Lord and prayed and said, Father, give us boldness to preach your word. And stretch your hands that you will touch people and do miracles. And the only answer they got was the Holy Spirit coming down. That's all. 
God did not say anything anymore. The Bible says that there was the infilling of the Holy Spirit. What happened on the day of Pentecost came down again. Why would God not do something to make them look courageous? Because our walk is not an outward work first. It is first an inward walk and it has to be by the Spirit. And when the Spirit is in place, there is then courage from inside that comes outside. That is how the disciples were encouraged. And as they got to be encouraged, they moved with power, crashed out with boldness of the where they were, and they began to do great things. And it was after they did great things that God was glorified. Beloved of God, let me say this to you. The church is never meant to be in despair. Even behind the mask, you have courage. Even behind, it takes more courage to actually have mask and come to church. Because your courage is in the Lord, the fact that you are saying that in spite of the times, in spite of the news, in spite of the season, in spite of the difficulty, in spite of the uncertainty, you are saying, I will still stand. And it is those that are strong in the Lord who will still stand and stand with God of all time. Bible says that as we continue in the courage of the Lord with encouragement, that's what encouragement does. It says, uh, 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 be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. You know, our strength is not in us. <laughs> our strength is not in our abilities. He says, be strong in the Lord. And if your strength is in your power, you're sure to fail. But your strength must be in the Lord. And I, as I've said before, I'll say to you, nothing that is born of God dies in the hands of the enemy. It does not. As long as it's born of God, there is courage, there is power, there is victory. If it is in us, that's when we fail. But if it is in the Lord, it does not go down, it does not fail, it does not fizzle out, and it continues for all time. Why? Because God is not moved. You've never seen God sitting down with a mask saying to himself, I just wonder what I'll do with this coronavirus. No, he sits on the cycle of the earth. He that made all holds all things. That his church has to pass through the dark tunnel with the rest of the wall, but come out with a lot more courage. Can I say this to you? We can come out of this season stronger or we will come out weaker. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. That this is the time to either be stronger or we will be weaker. It is time to either be growing or be dwindling. Because if we don't grow, then we are on a decline. And our decline will only be because we are not growing. As long as you are growing, it doesn't matter the virus out there in society. It doesn't matter what country you are hearing this from. If you are growing in the master, adversity is a source of strength. Adversity is a source of victory. Adversity is a source for the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. If you are waiting for victory to come out of good time, it doesn't work. It takes a war to provide victory. It takes a fight to provide victory. And victory comes when there is a fight. Praise the Lord. And so it's either we are in fear or we are in boldness. The choice has to be made by us. 
But I find out that there is a reason why in this time the testing will succeed. The testing will, there is a separation. Almost every person that, uh, that preaches the word will tell you, in our separation in this time, we can be either separated to be stronger or we are separated to be weaker. We can either be separated to be growing or we can be separated to go down. The Bible says if in the day of adversity you fall, then your strength is small. Praise the Lord. So today I want to start off our discussion. The Lord's been dealing with me on the church. Last year we talked about the church in many ways. But there is an aspect of the church that we need to talk about. And that is the operation of the church. How does the church lead? How does the church survive? How does the church stay? How does the church endure? Let me say to you, the church is not this building of blocks. The church is you. And as long as you're standing as a church, the church will leave. As long as you are where you are, the church will survive. We just pre-recorded um, our praise and worship, and even the communion. And we were there enjoying what they are singing. The reason we're able to do that is that part of the church came and did that work. And part of the church recorded the work. And part of the church let it for us so we can enjoy. Part of the church acted so that they can serve. They have masks, but they put it aside. They, when I say put it, I don't mean remove. But they, they did not consider their masks as an impediment. They still said, behind the mask, we will still praise the Lord. Behind the mask, we will still honor God. Behind the mask, we will still lift up the name of our God. Behind the mask, we will still sing the praises of our God. Behind the mask, we will still uphold the name of the Lord. And let me say to you, it does not matter what is said out there you will find out that if we were to just come down here, there is no preaching, no singing, nothing. Because we belong to God, when we're looking at each other silent with our masks, we will still praise the Lord. You understand what I'm talking about? And wherever you are listening to from here, I want you to know that it is not the building that is the church. It is not the, 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 the masking that... That, that controls what happens. Now, those are good. Laws are meant to be obeyed. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to put down the law. No. Laws are meant to be obeyed. They are for our good. If we respect somebody, we'll mask up to be able to protect them. That's how we should do it. Amen? But I would say this to you, that regardless of that, or in spite of that, our God will still be honored. Because we are alive. Beloved, the honor of God is not on our outwardness. It is on our inwardness. And when you serve God from the inner person, then whatever that is out there, it's only a stepping stone to discover that God is good. Can I say this to you? If after this mask is gone, after coronavirus is declared to be gone, when we come back, our fellowship will be different. We will be crazy with the fellowship because we know that even for us to come in this season, it's a story. And for us to come in this season and praise the Lord with masks, it is the gift of God. 
It is the gift of God that we are able to come together even to honor the name of the Lord. So, what makes us stay strong in the times like this? What is it that keeps us strong to keep going and not be moved? What makes us hang upside down and still be able to stand right side up? What is it that makes us go through pain like everybody else and through the tunnel? Remember David, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, he says, I shall fear no evil. What makes us see evil to the eye and say we are not afraid? What makes us see what everybody else sees and say we will still stand strong and honor the Lord? What makes us strong is the fact that we not only serve God out of a religion, but that we serve God because he loved us first and we love him. And also that we walk with our God. Walking with God is what makes us serve him nonetheless. We got to know him. And so today I'm going to talk about something that I had the privilege of discussing within the week. The three baptisms. The three forms of baptisms that we have to go through. They are very critical and very important for every believer. Now let me warn you ahead of time. There are going to be elementary things for some of you and you're going to say, oh, I heard that. Don't tune off. Don't tune off. Just hear me. Listen to what we will discuss. Because there is somebody who will need what we are talking about. Even if it sounds elementary, just hear it. Because this time of coronavirus, we need every information. This season, we need, there are many that are stumbling and are offended in the faith. There are many that are no more standing and are not standing in the faith because they are discouraged because of the way. There are many who think nobody cares for them. And there are many things that don't matter to you matters to them. There are many who don't understand what is happening. So fear has crippled them. And there are many who don't know what is next. And because they don't know what is next, they have no time to hear any other thing. And that is why it is important for us to go back to the basics. How did the church get here? How did we become a church? I'm not talking about FGGM. So when I say church now, when it is FGGM, I will specify. But I want you to know it is the body. Because any discussion of the church in the context of one congregation is a failure. It has to be that the church understands its ways. It understands how did we get here. Number one, I want you to know that the, the church is not administered by one human being controlling the entire body of Christ on earth. Now that's a miracle by itself. Maybe you don't understand that. There is not one person on this earth who will sit down in his office and say, I'm the head of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. And so that should tell you that the body of Christ is thriving and is still standing because its head and its governor it lives in heaven at the right hand of the Father. His address 
is the right hand of the Father, and from then the church is governed. And because Jesus is the head of the church and governs the church, that is why the church can never die. It doesn't matter what happens. Through the centuries, there have been efforts to quieten the church, to subdue the church, to destroy the church. Different things have happened. All kinds of things have happened, but the church came through because its message and its doctrine and its life and its operation, everything that has happened in the church was born in heaven and manufactured, brought forth to be practiced and operated upon the earth. That is because Jesus himself is here. As long as the spirit of God is upon the earth, the church will not stop operating. There may be fewer and fewer people that are standing as believers in Christ. Fewer and fewer people that are professing and standing. God sees their hearts and he sees them from whatever, wherever they are in the corners of the earth. The Lord knows his own and wherever they cry out, he hears their voice. Jesus knows his own and when one of them is suffering, he knows it. And when he hears their voice, he comes down to deliver and to heal their land. That is why the Bible says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will come down and heal their land. Beloved, the healing of the nations, it is not out there. It is the church that needs to pray. It is the church that needs to accelerate things. It is the church that needs to come to a place of understanding. It is the church that recognizes his God. And when the church recognizes his God and brings down his hand, that's when things begin to happen. Praise the Lord. The three baptisms. A church will be effective if you can go through these three. First is the baptism into the body. First Corinthians chapter 12. Can we, can we check that out? First Corinthians 12. I'm struggling to, to teach. I want to teach, but the preacher is trying to take over. And I think we will benefit it if I slow down to teach. May the Lord help us. First Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 12 and verse 13. For as the body is one, how many bodies do we have? And as many members, how many members do we have? All right, look at yourself and say, I am one. Thank you. Where am I? And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Did you see that? Now, take a look at that again. Verse 13, this is important. For one, by one spirit, are we all, everybody say all, all. baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles. Did you hear that? Whether we be bond or free and have been all made to drink into one spirit. There is no servant. There is no master. There is no Jew. There is no Greek in this body. In the body, the Bible says we are all baptized. What is baptism? Baptism is to immerse. Now hear me well. Immersion. You never get to the place 
of the second baptism unless you go through the first. And the first baptism is your being immersed into the body of Christ as a member. Now hear me well. You cannot become a member of the body of Christ by coming to church. Did you hear what I just said? You cannot become a member of the body of Christ by the church that you attend. Doesn't matter how good it is. And it doesn't matter how difficult or how bad you think it is. Or anybody else. Wherever you are as you hear me. You know we all say our church is the best. Isn't that what we all say? Meet any Christian anywhere in the world. There's a reason why they are in their church. They will tell you I love this one. I love that one. I love this one. I love that one. It doesn't matter what you love in your church. It is not being there that makes you a member of the body of Christ. It is the fact that you yourself has been made a member of the body. In other words, it is not your congregation that is the member of the body. It is you first. And it's a collection of members in the body that makes that congregation a member of the body. Does that make sense? Okay. And that means it is possible for people on this row and that row and this row to be in the body as members of the body of Christ and some others not be members. Is anybody getting what I'm saying? I don't want to talk over my head. All right. So that means I can be sitting next to someone who is a child of God, but the next person is not. And it is not on the outward identity. They can be homeless, but a child of God. And they can be a king, but not a child of God. They can be rich, they are a child of God. And they can be poor and not a child of God. They can be man and woman and a child or not a child. They can be anything or nothing. And yet they are children of God. It is not being where you are. It is who you are in Christ. And it is in Christ that matters. So therefore, your congregation has nothing to do with your salvation. You are a member of the body and you are baptized into the body and this is the work of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that picks each one of us and immerses us. Now let me tell you this. When people want to ascertain whether you are a Christian or not, and, and we, we pass judgments easy. We pass judgments on what people do. We pass judgments as to whether they are children of God or not. Let me say to you, it is the spirit of God that makes you a child of God. When you are not a believer, he whispers to you. He speaks to you. He is going after you. The grace of God is running after you. As soon as you repent. Now, remember Jesus says you must be born again. Remember in Luke 10, 19, he says, Behold, I give unto you power to trade upon serpents and scorpions and upon all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Now, we all love that, don't we? 
that we will tread on serpents and scorpions. But it is the next verse that Jesus enlightens this same thing I'm talking to you about. Jesus said, but don't rejoice because the demons are bowing to you. The demons are bowing because there is a reason. Demons don't bow before people just like that. Did you get that? Demons bow before someone that is greater than they are. And if you're not filled with the spirit of God, demons won't bow. <laughs> Remember the sons of Sceva? Uh, Jesus, we know. Paul, we know. But who are you? And these people, the Bible said the seven sons of Sceva, they ran away in seven ways. Did you understand? One man put them to flee in seven directions. And they got home with no clothes on, no shoes. That's what the Bible says. And, and what happens? The reason is that they knew about Christ, but they didn't know Christ. Their father was a priest. They were in church, but they did not know Christ. They had no connection to him. The spirit of God was not in them. And because they have not come into the body, it is difficult for them to command the devil and the devil obeys. The devil doesn't obey someone in whom the spirit of God is not there. Praise the Lord. But in that verse, Jesus says, rejoice not that the demons bow to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Rejoice because your names are written in the book of life. It is the book of life that makes, that tells who is a child of God. Because when your name is in that book, on, in heaven, you are a member of the body on the earth. Okay, you didn't hear this yet. That means your citizenship is recorded in heaven. Your citizenship of the kingdom of God is not recorded on the earth first. It has to be recorded in heaven before the throne of grace by the blood of the Lamb. And your name is spoken before the Father in that book of life. And then, then you are a child of God upon the earth. Now you can say you are a child of God. But you won't be unless your name is in the book of life. You can look at someone and say your name is, is I mean you are not a Christian. But if their name is in the book of life, sorry, they will be in heaven. Did you hear what I just said? And sometimes it's like we have two different heavens. No, you will see people you didn't like in heaven. Do you understand that? Because God doesn't see things the way we see. You will see people that you thought were not believers and they were believers. And because you don't know them, they are walking with God. But in your opinion, they are not. In your thinking, they are not. In your perspective, they are not. Twist the, the, the word around and you will find out. How many of you know that every one of us thinks we are so good? You understand that? How about that day when you stand before the throne of grace and the Lord says, but I see right through you. That while you thought others were not believers, you actually are not. I don't know you. Is your name in the book of life? Is your name recorded in the book of life? That happens at repentance. Repentance 
And that's when we are enlisted into God's army. Regeneration and born again. The Bible says, unless you're born again, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says in Titus 3, 5, you are regenerated in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit. A new life is given to you. And what that means is that you are born into God's family. I'd like for us to read the scripture and we will continue from there. First Peter. First Peter chapter 2. Amen. Now this is the first element of our baptism. And we'll talk about the two as the Lord gives us time. But that's what will happen. Look at verse 9. But you, but you, but you, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. How many of you have felt as if you're good for nothing? And you look down on yourself. Look at your description there. Apparently, God sees you different from the way you see yourself. Amen? You're a chosen generation. Ah, am I chosen? Yes. How many of you know he called you? He called you to be a member of his body. <laughs> you were crazy out there. Praise the Lord. You were not a member of the body. And you were way off the chart. And no one remembered you. In fact, do you know the most dangerous thing? You could have died there. And for eternity, that will be it. But God had a calling following you. And he kept following you. You went that way, he followed you. You went that way, he followed you. The spirit of God went there, he followed you. He followed you. Even in the dark tunnel, he followed you. He follows you wherever you are. Praise the Lord. Okay, are you with me? And he follows you. And when he brings you home, he rests about you. Amen. And when he brings you home, then he says, wonderful, I have got this person home. And what happens is that we are born into God's community that is a chosen generation. And then he makes you a priest. That's what most of us don't understand. You see, whenever we don't understand who we are in him, the Bible says you are a royal priesthood. It means the king of kings and the person that is the head of that priesthood, you are a priest in his own palace and you are a priest that is meant to minister to him and to minister to the body. You are a member of the royal priesthood. A holy nation. This is a nation. Praise the Lord. Is a nation without boundaries. <laughs> it's a nation that is not determined by the outward skin. It is a nation of spirits. Maybe you don't know that you are a spirit with a soul living in a body. Praise the Lord. Our nationhood is spiritual. So if there is someone around the world that is going through pain, you are going through pain because you are connected to that person. If there is a brother or a sister amongst us that is going through difficult times or that is off the chart, 
you are supposed to be connected to that person. You are supposed to feel the pain that people feel. And if you don't feel their pain, you are not fulfilling your duty as a priest in that kingdom. Your priesthood is not to destroy people. Your priesthood is not to destroy anybody. Your priesthood is that God has entrusted to you the person you see around. Everybody that you see that you can understand. Every believer, God has entrusted them to your care and say, go. And as you walk, encourage them. Now listen to me. Your encouragement is with somebody. Did you get that? There is nobody that goes through this life that says I don't need anybody. I've not seen that person who is born and within five seconds, say, okay, guys, he gets up in the hospital as a baby. He says, guys, I'll see you next time. I need nobody in this life. And he walks out of the hospital. Nobody is like that. People have to pick you up from there. You didn't understand what I just said. They pick you up from the hospital, they wrap you up. Even our Savior needed to be wrapped up. Do you understand that? And as they wrapped him up, now the same thing. Three wise men came and they now ministered to him. They worshiped, but he needed help. When Pharaoh wanted to kill him, now the, the angel appeared to Joseph. And Jesus needed Joseph to take him to Egypt. And when he grew up, it was time for them to come back for the walk he came for. He said, Joseph, take the child and go back. For out of Egypt have I called my son. He needed Joseph to bring him back to, 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 to the land of Israel. And when he now stood on his own, he began to speak to doctors at the age of 12. Beloved of God, if Jesus needed help, we all need help. Nobody can be anybody without somebody. You didn't understand what I just said. I said nobody can be anybody without somebody. That means in your life, you need encouragement. That's why God didn't put eyes on the back. He put your eyes at the front. You are meant to look forward and somebody is meant to look at your back. Somebody is meant to watch. We are all in a fight, in a battle. So therefore, I don't have eyes to see how many arrows come to my back. It is the beloved brethren as we go side by side. Somebody is saying, ah, let's watch. Let's be careful. Let's be careful. And then we are supposed to serve as encouragement tools to each other so that when we see the enemy trying to devour, we reach out and say, stand. Keep going. Keep moving. Don't be discouraged. Don't fall by the wayside. Keep standing. Keep moving. Keep moving. That is our job. That's why you are a royal priesthood. A member of the priesthood is supposed to line up, take instruction from the chief priest and the high priest of our salvation, who is Jesus Christ. Every day, your instruction comes from heaven, from the right hand of the Father. And while you are living upon the earth, in the midst of coronavirus, you are living with instruction from heaven. And then God is beginning to speak to you. God began to speak to me about somebody else. And by the fall of evening, I kept asking my wife over four times, did you speak to this person? Did you speak to this person? The Lord is laying that person strong on my heart. And we found out that that person was going through a lot of hell. And at one point, it says the, the enemy was even plotting for that person to be kidnapped. And I said, that's the person we need to pray for. 
beloved, why am I sharing this with you? I am trying to say to you, people that you don't know, the Lord just brings them in your heart. Don't take that for granted. You understand what I'm talking about? When the Lord brings somebody to your mind, he says, ah, to hell with that person. Ah, listen, you just cursed yourself. You know why? Because God brings those people to your memory so that the spirit of God can move you to pray for them. That's how you minister. You minister as a priest of the most high God. When you begin to make sure that the the purpose and the pain and the burdens of people, fellow believers, they are yours. They are not just for them to carry. Nobody can carry that weight alone. You have to help people carry. And as you are helping, somebody else is helping you. And together you are carrying the burden alone. And when we all stand that day, we will say, thank God for the spirit of God. Because he made us members of his body. He baptized us as the spirit of truth. And he made us to be his people. And that is the reason why we are able to stand. Through this coronavirus, how many people did you encourage? Or how many people did you discourage? How many people did you bless? How many people did you curse? How many people did you lift up? And how many people did you put down? Beloved, our walk in the body, when where we are baptized, where we are immersed, is that we are priests. Now let's finish that. That you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Verse 10. Look at verse 10. Which in time past, before we are not a people. Listen. Before we came here. Before we became believers. Before we were called out by the spirit of God. Before we embraced Christ. Before our names were written in the book of life, we were not a people. We were nobody. We were sinners, not saved. We were destroyed. We were enemies to God in our minds and in our wicked works. That's what the Bible says. And we were heading to hell straight. There was nothing else. But God called us out. That's why the church means they called out once. The ones that have been called out. And that calling, God calls the entire world. But only those that respond to the call that receive. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So the necessity of the, this baptism is that we must be born again. But our being born again is not just a ceremonial thing. Our being born again is to sit at the feet of Christ and be members of his family, members of his community, and the rule of operation in that community is the love of God, and be priests in his kingdom, and be priests of his righteousness in that holy nation. He says that though we were not a people, now are now the people of God which have not obtained mercy before but now we have obtained mercy. So listen to me. As you are walking on the street, the mercy of God is following you. Wherever you are walking, the mercy of God is following you. So when we say being born again, most of us, when, we are, when, you, when you are asked, are you born again? They'll say yes. Are you born again? they say yes. But when they die, we are not sure if they were born again or not. And people start asking, are they born again? Are they born again? We don't know. Are they born again? Oh, we don't know. Are they born again? We don't know. Listen, when you're born again, you're known in heaven. 
That's the key. People may not know you, but you are known in heaven. This earth is not our home. Do you understand that? And as priests of God's righteousness and true holiness, we are to be ministers of that grace to one another. That touches me a lot. How many people have you been a blessing to? How many people have you truly been a blessing to as a priest of God? A member of that royal priesthood. A chosen generation. We are princes and queens. Princes and princesses. People who actually have been bought by that blood and are members of that body. As we partake of the communion today, it is my prayer that we will be locked in with our Savior. It is when we have a new identity in Christ and God has placed us in the body and given us gifts. No gifts are given when we are not born again. By the grace of God, we'll talk about the second baptism, which is baptism of water. But I want you to know that baptism of water doesn't save you. <laughs> you are saved before you are baptized. Amen? Because you have to repent first. And repentance is this place where we acknowledge Christ as our Savior. And then in Ephesians 1, 13 to 14, the Bible says we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. When your name is in the book of life, you are sealed. You're sealed with the spirit of God, known to be walking with God. Now, this is important. We cannot start talking about the deep things of God. By God's grace, as we talk about this topic, the church, we are going to be talking in depth about what our fellowship should look like, what, the, what God expects us to be. We'll talk about Hebrews 9, where you begin to see the vertical and the horizontal fellowship. How are we connected to each other? How am I a priest of the Most High God, a member of the royal priesthood? God expects us to be ministers of his righteousness to one another. Praise the Lord. It is my prayer that we will have that new identity in Christ. People of God in his community. People that see other Christians as members of the body. It is not for us to begin to rule out people. You're not, you're not, you're not. Left to us, there are people that wouldn't make heaven. But thank God, other people are not Jesus. Thank God for the mercy of Jesus. Thank God that mercy follows every one of you. Left to some people, you wouldn't make heaven. Did you understand that? But the mercy of God is upon you. That's why you will make heaven. Praise the Lord. Left to some people... You will not know God. Thank God that they are not God. Because you will see God. The mercy of God is upon you. Left to some people, you wouldn't be good. But thank God for God. Because he is the one that walks in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is my prayer that we will maintain our identity in Christ. To know him as the son of the living God. Only then. And your perspective of fighting against this vicious virus will be different. There will be no murmuring. There will be no complaint. There will be no murmuring. There will be no complaint. But you'll be courageous walking with God, knowing that God is on the throne. Amen?
Put your hands together for Jesus. Let me call Pastor Hassan to take us in the communion. Please come over.